Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food, and it's more than the food. On this podcast, we talk about the food that you put in your mouth, and everything else that nourishes you, or doesn't, with special attention paid to the problems and opportunities facing women over 40 burning out in mission-driven work. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good. My mission is to give you the simple resources and practices and some helpful connections to get there. Let's get started. This episode is brought to you by my Stewarding Emotional Eating group coaching program. If it's been one of those days, weeks, months, years, <laughs> or if the approaching end of summer vacation and the start of a school year have got you eating emotionally, think about this. Have you tried beating, conquering, managing, tackling, controlling your emotional eating? And how's that working out for you? Maybe stewarding your emotional eating is a better approach because stewarding means the mindful and responsible care of something entrusted to you. And your emotional eating is your body sending you a message that she wants you to take better care of her. Ready to learn how to do that? Join me for a two-month exploration of what makes us eat emotionally and how we can shift that behavior. The next cohort of the Stewarding Emotional Eating Program runs from September 11th to November 12th, 2022. Yep, that puts us right at the start of the holidays, setting you up for success during the notoriously emotional holiday season. Remember, my mission is to make health coaching affordable to everybody. I offer no fee, no interest payment plans that fit your budget and discounts if you prefer to pay upfront. Ready to steward your emotional eating? Details at simplyhealthcoaching.com or follow the link to more information and the application in the show notes. One of the standard introductory exercises for integrative nutrition clients, the circle of life, is a jumping off point for goal setting. And a lot of other coaching programs have something similar. The idea is to rate each area of your life on the spokes of a wheel and then connect the dots. You end up with something that looks like a spider sitting in a web. A few years into my practice, I found this exercise a little bit problematic. It's very limited in the areas it mentions and it suggests that a perfectly balanced life is both possible and ideal. And I'm not a fan of spiders. I've also watched as clients start to focus on one primary food only to see another one slip. Because let's be honest, we only have a limited amount of resources such as time and energy to spend in a given day. I like to say that it's not really a circle of life. It's more like an amoeba. The edges of the spider web, blob, amoeba, are always shifting. If you are in a time of your life when you're focused on your career, your relationships might suffer. 
if you're focusing on raising kids, your physical activity might drive, drop off unless your kids are toddlers and then you're likely logging a whole lot of steps chasing after them. I wouldn't argue that the most important primary foods are career, relationships, physical activity, and spiritual practice. After that, I'd be hard pressed to choose one over another. So I created my own version of this assessment and I call it kale and kryptonite. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you wanna try it out. Like the circle of life, it asks you to rate a list of primary foods. And from there, we do go on and take a look at some areas of your life that could use a little more love and attention. What this exercise doesn't do is imply that success is a perfect balance or that every aspect of your life will rate a 10 by the time you're done with the program. I'm always adding to the list of primary foods in the kale and kryptonite exercise. Almost every time I use it with a client or in a presentation to a group, I learn one more that I left off the list. <laughs> and the most recent example is time spent with pets. So sorry, Kermit the dog, not sure how I forgot that, but it'll be on the next iteration, I promise. It's a lovely reminder that as much as we'd like to think so, perfect balance is a tough bar to reach. And very often, good enough can be perfect. I've even started using the words harmonize and integrate in place of balance. I like to think about it as one of those pieces of equipment where we can dial things like volume, treble, bass, fade, up or down to achieve the setting that's right for us. So on this piece of equipment, we are dialing up or down different areas of our lives, different primary foods to achieve a harmony, a setting that's right for us right now. Relationships are a major primary food, and there are a lot of items on the kale and kryptonite list that start with the words relationship with, and most of these don't pose any problems. Relationship with spouse or significant other, relationship with children, other relatives, friends, co-workers. Where many people hesitate is when they hit your relationship with time. What? My relationship with what? From Eckhart Tolle to Bill Keen, there are a lot of quotes about this topic. You probably know one from Kung Fu Panda if you have kids. <laughs> the past is history. We can't change that, although we can change how we relate to it. The future is a mystery we can't foresee or control, although we can influence it to some degree. And the moment we find ourselves in is the only one we can ever be in fully. The most beautiful articulation of this is something I saw on LinkedIn recently. It said that neither memory nor imagination are real. So we're better off focusing on the present moment. So what will we choose to do in this present moment? Live with memories or regret about the past, all those things we didn't do or didn't do right. Anxiety about the future, what if? So much to do, so many choices, so many chances to screw it up. Or with purpose and pleasure in the present moment. So what's your relationship with time like? In our high octane, over-caffeinated society, we don't often consider this question, but we do often hear ourselves and others say, 
I don't have time to, I can't possibly, there's no way I can, only to find that the commitment we can't possibly take on has somehow landed on our schedules anyway. Our day timers and our to-do lists overflow with appointments and tasks, and being busy has become this badge of honor. The busier we are and the more things we don't get to, the more righteous and the more anxious we feel. As a health coach, I watch people's day timers pack on appointments the way their bodies pack on pounds. Unintentionally, almost imperceptibly, and as a result of poor choices made over time. Until one day they look at their calendar and realize they just can't go on this way. They're on the run all day, putting out fires, yet at the end of the day, it feels as though nothing important has been accomplished. As a business owner, I get that. There is always something I can be doing in my coaching practice, whether it's coaching clients, following up on our sessions, creating content, marketing, it's a full-time job, even when it doesn't generate a full-time income. And I've also been acting as the COO of our family of four humans, one for baby and the occasional marine biology experiment, <laughs> now complicated by the fact that we find ourselves in three different places around the globe. I realized early on as a solopreneur that the only way I was going to survive all that was going to involve changing my relationship with time, not fighting and arguing and wrestling with it, but recognizing that there will always be a limited number of hours in a day and living with that limitation and accepting that I wear a lot of hats. A few things I learned to do to turn time to my advantage and sort of shape shift between roles, how to say no graciously. Shift my thinking around all the things I have to do. Distinguish between having time, finding time, and making time. Identifying my priorities and putting those on my schedule first and keeping those appointments with myself. I also employ block scheduling I stop work at 3 p.m. on weekdays. Hey, my day starts at 4 a.m., so don't come for me. <laughs> Minimize work on the weekends and block off the fifth week to do work on my business, not in my business. If you don't know what the fifth week is, here's a really brief explanation. And if you can implement this, it is life changing. <laughs> Most months have a few extra days the 29th, 30th, and perhaps the 31st, that make the months have an average of four and a third weeks instead of a nice even four. If you have the ability to do so, treat each month as having exactly four weeks, 28 days. Those other days at the end can be reserved for monthly admin tasks like reconciling your accounts, larger creative projects that require a big chunk of time, or simply time for you and or your family. What's the result of all this? I'm getting more done and done well than ever before. That sounds like really bad English. <laughs> anyway, I'm getting more done and I'm doing it very well <laughs> compared to before. Uh, the key, I think, is to figure out what you want to accomplish with this one precious life you're given 
And yes, that can change over time. And to prioritize that, not to the exclusion of everything and everyone else, but by taking tiny intentional steps towards it on a daily basis to really honor its place in your life and in your daytimer. And there's the rub, how to do that. If it were that easy, you wouldn't still be listening, right? Well, in the beginning of 2018, I created an eight-week program I call Declutter Your Daytimer to support clients in putting their schedule on a diet. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the word diet, though. It sounds like you're going to have to give up chocolate and live on kale. Let's say your daytimer is going to try out a new eating style. If you're interested in trying the program, you can do a DIY version of it online. Over the course of eight weeks, we'll rework your schedule in the way a professional organizer works her magic on your closets. We'll pull everything out, decide what goes back and what goes away, and put things back in an orderly fashion. And you won't have to rinse and repeat this over and over and over. You'll learn some skills and a system that will keep your daytimer clutter-free from here on out. It's like a new eating style for your schedule, and it's one that I promise includes the chocolate as well as the kale. If you're interested, the link to register is in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice, and the opinions of the guests on this show are their own. Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker, LLC, neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. And let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor, as well as some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the link is in the show notes.